this episode of Parent Driven Development. My name is Kewu and I am here today with my friend Allison. Hi, I'm Allison Millen, and today um, we're here with our fantastic guest, Leah. We're going to be talking about babies at work. Um, so Leah is a member of the Ember JS core team and an organizer of numerous annual tech events like EmberConf, RustConf, and RailsConf. She's worked with open source projects like jQuery, Bundler, and Ember.js to help build communities and events. She has a background in startup marketing in highly technical and community-oriented engineering environments. She's the author of Event Driven, the guide to running successful tech events. Welcome, Leah. Hi, how are you? Good. We are so excited to have you on talking about babies at work. Um, I think that also Kewu and I are the panelists with the youngest children, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, Layla is five months as of last week. And Kewu, how old is yours? 11 months. And, yeah, his, I'm, I'm, we're, like, actually talking to people about this for one-year birthday party soon. Ooh, that's exciting. I know. I know. <laughs> Don't let it get too out of hand. The first year birthday parties can become a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they don't, they really don't need to. Like, get a cake, smash it, be happy. Yeah. No, I, I'm outsourcing decorations to my sister in law, who's super excited about it. And we like book the complex's community center. So, like, I don't, there's no cleaning involved on my part. Sounds um, perfect. Yeah. My food theme is going to be so, like, our, his Instagram account name is Asian Meatball. And so our food theme is going to be meatballs. We'll have like Swedish meatballs to honor that side of the family. You know, some like veggie and vegan meatballs to be inclusive. My mom so makes some Asian meatballs. Yeah. Maybe you don't even need a cake. Just give them a giant <laughs> pile of spaghetti. I don't, yeah. A meatball smash. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, anyway. And Leah, how your kiddo now? Uh, Jonas is, he just turned 18 months, so he's one and a half. I think this is the point where I'm supposed to stop counting in months, right? And just say one and a half until I say two. I don't know. I saw a post on on our like parenting listserv the other day where somebody was looking for a nanny share for the listing said for two 30-month-olds. And I was yep. like, what? <laughs> How old is a 30-month-old? Two and a half. <laughs> like, I remember before I had kids thinking that it was like such an annoying pedantic thing that moms and dads would like list the specific months. Yeah. Uh, And it can get out of control, but like most things now that I have a baby, I feel differently about it. And it's like a 13 month old might be dramatically different from a 15 month old. And once you've had a kid, you know that. So I don't know when it will stop becoming meaningful, but up until now it has felt meaningful to be like 15 versus 13 versus 17. But, I think but it, also like, the, we just started walking and that might be it too. We're like, oh, once, yeah. I'm fine. But up until then I was like 18 months, but not walking. <laughs> I think at like two is when we stopped doing any sort of month. Cause then I was like, oh, he's like a little over two, two and a half. You know, now he's like almost three and a half for my older one. So I feel like that's like the. That's also the point where, like, I think that there's less of a difference between kids. Like, at two, I feel like they can start playing with, like, kids that are a little older, kids that are a little younger. So it's not, like, like, it's hard for, like, uh, an 18-month-old to play with, like, a 13-month-old, right? But, like, 
once they're two, it's like the play becomes a little easier. So I felt like it was less important to define things like by month. Agreed. So can we start by you telling us about babies at work? I know a while ago you did like a pretty um, in-depth blog post about the program and what it was and how it came to be, et cetera. But yeah, I'd love for you to give us a little overview about like what is babies at work? Yeah. So I'm the CEO of a company called Tilda. We're in Portland, Oregon. We work on various open source projects like Ember. We have a product called Skylight in the rail space. And one day I was pregnant. (laughs) Uh, So it felt like a different struggle than if I had just been an employee somewhere and I would have been weighing like my dedication to my job to having a child. Because when it's your company that you started, I used to call it my baby until I had a human baby. Right. So then it felt very much like competing between the two things and that I felt like I was going to have to sacrifice one for the other in some way. And so we spent a bunch of time thinking about how could that not be the case. And I credit my husband with initially finding the idea, he works with me as well, of babies at work. And at first, I thought it was terrible. Uh, (laughs) I spent months telling him he was nuts and just not talking to him about it. Um, And then I got more and more pregnant and more and more stressed out by the notion of like, okay, what happens when this child is actually born? And so I started doing a little more research. So I had a call with the woman who runs the Parenting in the Workplace Institute, who was super helpful. Uh, I talked to our lawyers a little bit. I talked to our insurance people. um, And I kept thinking that every time I was going to talk to someone, they were going to give me a reason why they couldn't do it. I talked to our landlords, all the people I could think of. But at every step of the way, everybody was kind of like, hmm, I wouldn't have thought of that. But there's no rule that says you can't do that. So thumbs up over here. And eventually I got to the point of just, I can't find a reason to say no. So I'm going to say yes, but this is a terrible idea and it's going to explode on our faces. <laughs> um, so, and, and I should mention that another one of our employees was pregnant at the same time. She was due about two or three months after me. So it wasn't just also a selfish consideration. It was like, this is going to affect multiple people at the company. What's the plan going to be? And I, I also can't do something that just works for me and then doesn't work once there's multiple people around. The deal was we'll try it at first. And then by the time that Kristen, she's the other mom here, by the time that Kristen has her baby, we'll know if it's going okay or not and if we'll keep it up. And so, yeah, we just started bringing him to work. I think around six weeks was his first time in the office. And it turns out it's awesome and not very disruptive and not a problem. In the blog post, I go through a lot of the objections that I had and a lot of the things I was concerned about and how they all turned out to be not very real. Uh, But overall, people really enjoyed having babies at the office, um, including people who are self-professed, not baby people. And it really changed the mood and the culture, I think. So obviously, I should say caveat, like, you'll know if your baby is appropriate or not, right? If your kid has (laughs) terrible colic and screams all day, every day, obviously, that's not going to work for people. But that's not most babies, right? Most babies have bad days, bad hours, bad times of every day, maybe even, but they're not all 
demons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of them are pretty quiet and well-behaved, especially at the very beginning phases when they mostly just like sleep, eat, and poop. And so the beginning of things was even super easy. Uh, and then there's more considerations that you need to make along the way as babies get more vocal and more mobile. But yeah, it, it changed the culture in a way that I think is good. Like I think it feels more like a family at the office than it would otherwise. And people have their own families. Your company doesn't need to be your family. And it's usually a cheap marketing ploy when people say like, we're a family because we're a family who fires people, for example. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't mean to go down that road, but even though it's just the place that you work, it seems nice for it to feel a little bit more like a family. And with the babies around, we were all like so much more invested in this thing that was tremendous in one or the other of our lives. Um, and instead of every day someone coming in and saying like, oh, my baby did this, my baby did that, or coming in and feeling like they shouldn't talk about this giant part of their lives. Instead, a lot of that stuff happened around here with everyone. Like, first steps, first words, things like that could happen with three of your colleagues around. And when they watch that baby from when it's teeny tiny to when it's getting to those milestones, like it's almost as huge for them as it is for the actual parents. Hmm. Uh, so it's been really, really fun. Tell me what parts of things you have questions about or you want me to dive into, because I could talk for hours about all of the things in a pretty undirected fashion. <laughs> I have so many questions. Um, I'll start. I'll start. Okay, well, I'm sure you do too. I, I'll start with one, and that is like, what about those fussy days, right? Because like, okay, so I don't have the most difficult babies. I don't have colicky babies, but both of my kids like haven't been the easiest. Like they haven't been very like good nappers, for example, mm -hmm. right? And there have been weeks where. Like, I think when Layla was, like, nine or ten weeks old, basically for, like, a solid week, it was just – it was really awful. Like, she was, like, really difficult and really awful. Have there only been two babies in the office so far? How have you dealt with sort of, like, those difficult weeks? Is it just sort of like, hey, you know, baby's being really difficult. I'm just going to stay home today? Or how has that come to play? Because I think that as – I actually think that babies are sort of easier – in their, like, first, like, six or eight weeks. And then I think they get really hard for a little while, and then they sort of get uh, a little easier again. Right? So how did how do you, like, power through when they're, like, still little, but, like, also really hard? So I want to answer the question, but you also just made me think of something I should say up front. Uh, this is not a scam to make moms and dads come back to work faster than they want to. We also have paid maternity leave. Uh, we also have a very permissive structure around taking unpaid time off. If you use your maternity leave and, or paternity leave and you use all your PTO and you still need more time, that's all totally cool. Uh, this is about when you want to come back to work, but you don't want to leave your baby. And for a lot of people, there is that period. For some people, it's shorter because they take more time at the beginning. And for some people, it's longer because they want to get back to work right away. So I came back at six weeks. The other mom here came back at three or four months, I think four actually. So it's definitely not intended to push anybody to come back earlier than they're comfortable with. So working from home is for sure an option. We are not a work from home company. So you don't want to be doing that that much, but babies are babies. Uh, so for sure, there have been days where any of us with babies just said exactly what you said, like, 
tough day, tough week. Uh, it didn't actually happen that we ended up staying home all week, any of us. But uh, for example, like I fully expect on first vaccination days for most moms or dads to take the day off because the baby might be fussy or you might just be afraid that the baby's going to be fussy. There are certain milestones where that's just going to happen. Um, but a couple of things. So first of all, most of the program is governed by some documents that lay out the rules and the expectations. And it does have specific information about like what happens if your baby's really loud. Uh, so one of the things that is dependent on having enough space, though a lot of this program is dependent on having enough space, is that you want to have a quiet area where people can go just for the, my baby's crying right this minute, but I'll be able to calm them down. Uh, so in our case, that's like the conference room in the back, or we have some empty offices. Thankfully, we've had the space to be able to accommodate that. And I think that will get most people through the like short, fussy spells. In theory, if that doesn't do the trick, then the policy says if your baby's being really disruptive, go home and work from home for the rest of the day. One of the things that I was told, but I didn't really buy it until I experienced it, was that the babies were just in a better mood because they were here, because there were more people around than just being home with a mom or a dad or a, a nanny. I think they just enjoy themselves more. Like humans are pretty social creatures. And there was also just so much more interesting around to distract themselves with, uh, looking out the different windows. People were constantly stopping by to wave and say hello. Uh, some They were probably sitting next to their mom who was pair programming with somebody else or their dad who was in a meeting with somebody else. It's entirely plausible that both of the two babies that we've had here have turned out to be angel babies. But I would say some of that is related to the fact that they were here in like a quiet but fun environment with lots of interesting and stimulating things and lots of interesting and stimulating people. So it didn't turn out to be the level of concern that you're expressing. And it was on my list before we started the program. Like I thought that would be a big problem and then it just wasn't. And that's something that you hear a lot from people who have programs like this at their workplaces. So I guess it's not very satisfying for me to say that concern would go away if you experienced it, but that is probably the truth in, I would say, 98% of the cases, right? With the those 2% being the really, truly miserable all the time babies. Yeah. Well, and I like, so one thing that I, I was sort of thinking about as you were speaking was like, you know, this idea that like everybody's at the office, right? So I actually am going to have my daughter with me tomorrow um, while I'm working and I'm a little nervous about it. Um, but I think that like one of the reasons is because it's like it's just me and her, right? And like even like I feel like if I was actually in an office with, you know, whatever, five or ten people that like if I – like it wouldn't – like everything wouldn't be – dependent on me right like it's yeah. it's sort of like that village mentality that it's like like when I go to you know the mom's group or whatever like it's great because if I have to like run to the bathroom or like yep. you know somebody else will like watch the baby or you know or if like I'm trying to finish something and like she's fussy like there's there are other people I don't know I don't know if like 
you know, everyone at the company sort of feels this way, but it sort of feels like because you're actually in an in-person environment that people feel more willing, especially if it's like every day that people feel more willing to sort of like jump in and help out and sort of like be a little bit more community focused around it. And I think this is like a really interesting point about babies at work is that I think that there's like a difference between babies at work being like, I work from home and I have my baby with me and babies at work being like, I'm in an office that's baby friendly and there are like multiple people who also care about my baby. And so it's not just me and the baby. Yeah. And my anxiety at the beginning was like, other people won't care about the baby, but it just didn't turn out to be the case. First of all, we're human beings. Most of us are wired to be like, oh, my God, so cute. But also <laughs> make like babies that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we don't like kill them and eat them and forget them on hills. Right. Yeah. Um, so but but also like it's highly unlikely that none of the people in your office have been parents. So like you can almost certainly count on other parents to be both accommodating and calming and like helpful. But like even the small, tiny things that like people would help regardless of if if there was a baby there make a difference, like just passing you something from across the room when you're holding the baby. Right. And that kind of stuff makes a difference. Like there's a mental overhead, even if it's not active at every minute to being the only human being around responsible for the life of this tiny person who is super completely dependent. Um, So even if all that wasn't true and it's just that the mental load diminishes a little bit, I think it kind of feels nice. And then from a practical perspective in terms of the policy, which I want to keep going back to just because I know a lot of people are actually thinking like, would this work for us? So I want to keep mentioning like the practical parts of it. Uh, The policy documents, when you sign up to be in the program, they ask you to designate a secondary and even I think a third case, uh, like substitute childcare person, Um, which means like there, there are restrictions For example, you can't leave your child with anyone other than yourself for longer than like 30 minutes, right? Uh, You're not allowed to leave the building, but there's somebody in there who's designated as officially, John will watch my baby when I have to go pee, or Jackie will watch my kid if I have a quick call or a meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, And indeed, you have to find people who are willing, but that's probably not that difficult because the ask is not that much. And again, people like babies. That's interesting. One thing that I'm curious about is, so like breastfeeding in the office, Mm -hmm. the times in the past that I have like been a nursing mom and had my child with me, you know, I usually have had the camera off if I'm nursing or, or that sort of thing. But like, oftentimes, nursing is like how you calm a baby down. Right. Or like, especially in the early days when they're like nurse, I'm well, I guess I'm talking specifically about nursing because it involves breasts. Um, So it's a little bit different than like bottle feeding. But I'm wondering, like, if you or the other mom were were nursing mothers, and if that was just like, normalized in your workplace, or Um, so I'm still, I feel like this is a deep, dark confession. I'm still doing it a little at night because it's so goddamn helpful. Uh, I don't mean overnight. I mean like as a, okay, we're going to bed now. Yeah. Um, 
And I definitely, before I had a baby, was like, ew, that's disgusting. First of all, it's all disgusting. Second of all, if you do it too long, it's disgusting, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Like a lot of things, like the second you have this baby, that all changes and goes away. And then then you're like, no, of course, like this is what I do. It's both effective. It's what the kid wants. It makes my boobs not explode. So I am still doing it a little, but we both did it up until a year exclusively at the office. So first of all, yes, normalized everywhere, wherever. You are just as likely to find a laptop in an office as a boppy. We do have a private designated space uh, because first of all, you're supposed to have that by law. And second of all, we didn't know if either one of us would be comfortable. And so on the occasion where somebody was needing to pump for some reason or another, they went in there. Uh, But for the most part, there are couches in all the offices and you just sat down and did your thing. So I think at one point, one of the babies like was too distracted by other people to nurse successfully. So (laughs) that never happens. Can't imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) So like then the mom would close the door and be private in their office. Um, We got like our our doors, our, our offices have little windows into the hallway. So for a couple of the rooms, we just got window shades so that you could make it even more private if you wanted to. But like, I generally didn't even close my door when I did it. And I absolutely have on occasion held meetings while my kid was eating. I mean, the kid needs to go, whatever. Go needs to eat. (laughs) It's so stark how I can't even connect anymore to the emotion before I had the baby of like, that's gross or that's inappropriate or that's sexual or all the various things that people worry about. Um, And now it's just like, my kid's hungry. I'm not going to not feed it. If you got a problem, you can leave. So that's actually, uh, I, I started writing down like the, the thoughts that I've been floating around and <laughs> trying to articulate like the questions that I'd have, which is like kind of going back to the beginning, like when you were having the idea for implementing this program and, you know, kind of wanting to make sure people are, you know, other people who aren't in the program, like are comfortable in the workplace. And like, you know, it is like for work and ideas around professionalism and all that sort of thing. I was wondering the extent to which you would think that programs like this, how much consensus you might need from other people that they're okay with this happening, especially when you have, it sounds like this is more a program where like the babies are with you rather than like sort of starting up a daycare that happens to be next to your, or use that's using some of your office space. You know what I mean? Yeah. um, Well, it's now the law in all 50 states that women can breastfeed in public wherever they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yay. And in, yeah. <laughs> in theory, you could probably change those rules for the inside of a private space, but mm. like society is already doing the work of normalizing it. So everybody just needs to be comfortable with it. And that's that. I, I mean, when I was uncomfortable before I had a baby and someone nursed, I just shut up and dealt with it anyway. Right. I was like, oh, I see your poop. Hmm, okay, let's move on. <laughs> I'll try not to stare. And and I think everybody's going to have that moment the first time around if they don't have a kid. And then they're just going to get used to it because you're going to keep doing it and it's going to be normal. Like normalized is a word. It means a thing. And we were just going for that. Um, I, I also like to think that nobody who works here is the kind of person who would have been selfish in that way, but also so easily offended by something natural. This is not one for one example, but you just made me think of this. Uh, So are you guys familiar with the squatty potty? 
Yeah. <laughs> so for anyone who's not, it's like this uh, plastic stool that goes around the base of your toilet seat and you put your feet on it when you poop and it's supposed to make it easier and a little more natural and more like, I don't know, when cavemen crouched over holes, whatever. But we have them here at the office and uh, somebody came for a meetup and came out of the bathroom and came to talk to me and was like, you know, I've never been in a workplace that actually encouraged people to poop. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And I I sort of think about them the same way. Like these are just natural (laughs) bodily functions. You're going to have to do them anyway. So we're going to make it as comfortable for you as we can. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely. And and maybe we can talk about this more as well. Like to me, the huge appeal of a program like this is really like if you are breastfeeding, not having to pump while you're at the office. That's like the whole kind of driver of interest in a program like this. But I I actually was also wondering, though, like uh, I'm, I'm a really big fan of the blog Ask a Manager, and sometimes people write in with letters about people bringing their. Oftentimes, it's like people who are bringing maybe like elementary school level kids, like where childcare has fallen through in some way, trying to bring them to work. And like people definitely seem to have a lot of strong opinions about like kids not belonging in the workplace at all, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean, I know your company, like it's it's not like a huge workplace and so like you know the individuals and you would have a better sense of the culture before you started of you know whether this is likely to fly and what people's objections might be but let's say you have like a medium-sized workplace and there are maybe like a few folks that feel strongly about you know kids just don't belong at the office period you know is there some point where you feel like you would just like override that kind of thing is it like if there's you know, since you're the CEO, there's like obviously top level yes. leadership yes. having buy-in, you know, there are benefits to being a boss. <laughs> <laughs> so I like a lot of things, it's a culture from the core kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people think women don't belong in workplaces or <laughs> a million other things that like make us laugh where we're just like, okay, sorry (laughs) and we just made babies be one of those things it's part of how things are when you walk into our office you will be able to tell that this is a place that children are welcome and presumably if I interview somebody who's super turned off by that they will not want to come work here and that's totally fine Uh, to the contrary though in reality we've had and all of the interviews that have happened since there were babies here and since the program was started have been specifically very interested in it. If you need to think about it from a corporate selfishness perspective, it's a massive retention and hiring boost. It's like no other thing that is available to especially mothers, but even new fathers in other workplaces. Like, could you imagine, like, I think if you were reading a job posting and on it, it said, you will not need to pump You'd be like, okay, how do I interview for that job? So <laughs> done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's really great like that. Um, we haven't had to deal too much with older children yet because like many companies in tech, most of us are pretty young and so our children are pretty young. So right now the program's just been scaled a little bit as the kids age. So when we first started it, it was zero to six months or crawling. You can just bring your baby and we'll figure it out after that. And we kind of hit six months and we hit crawling and 
it wasn't really that big a deal. What ended up happening, and then we codified it after we realized how well it worked, was that we brought childcare providers to the office. And by that, I don't mean we opened a daycare. I mean, my plan was have the baby at the office and then hire a nanny. And then I switched to, okay, now it's time to hire a nanny, but the nanny just comes to work with me so I can still breastfeed and not need to pump. Um, so again, there are space constraints. We have a big space in the back, which was originally like our tech meetup space and now is basically divided in half between meetup space and baby space. Uh, <laughs> and for like six months, we had two nannies and two babies here. Um, and my kid still comes in two or three days a week with me and the nanny. Uh, so we have high chairs in the kitchen and there's a there's a whole area with a ball pit and boxes to climb in and bookshelves and things on the walls. And like a lot of the older baby toys are now in the closet by older. I mean, when they were younger, <laughs> we had swings around the office. We had, uh, extra saucers, all of the things, uh, rock and plays. It's just the thing that we do now. So it's totally normal. It still continues to not be that disruptive. I think probably the biggest challenge we've had is some days it's hard to find a space that you can take for two, three hours for a nap for the baby. Uh, so you might go walking mm. around outside instead or not. But but most days we can find a space. And yeah, it's gone pretty well. Uh, when I thought about older kids, we did make one rule, which was related to health concerns, especially considering that we were going to have new babies here, which was children can't come into the office unless they're up to date on their vaccinations. Mm -hmm. So there is a part of the rules that says if anybody is not, they can come into the lobby, but they can't come into the office. And that's the only child not allowed kind of thing that we have. So yeah, it's just, they, they do belong. They are professional. Sometimes my kid wears a tie to work because it's cute. <laughs> and also, my son that. loves wearing a tie. It's like right. he wears a, t like a, you know, jeans, a t-shirt and like this little toddler clip on tie all the time. It's <gasps> so hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, we're at a year and a half and everything's still going swimmingly. So I imagine if there's like a tantrum phase at age three, that is really terrible that again, we'll start to like experiment with things that work at that age. And now obviously like, not obviously, I guess I don't plan to homeschool my children. And even if I did, I wouldn't be able to do it at work with a full-time job. Right. So <clears throat> there's a cap on this program, no matter what, and it's just a matter <laughs> of like, where is that cap? When do you send the kid to childcare? When do you need to go to preschool, whatever. But I am pretty optimistic about most of the points up until then. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting. We talked about this a little bit on a previous episode just about remote work, but people ask me all the time uh, with my son, we had a nanny share that was hosted here at our house and I also worked from home and people would ask me all the time about if I had all these issues with my son because I was home. And I said, I was like, no, I mean, like, I've been working from home since he was a baby. So, like, me going, like, up the stairs is basically the same as, like, his dad leaving the house to go to the office. Like, that routine is the same every day. And so I imagine it's probably pretty similar for you all where, like, the kids have a, you know, like, there is a routine in place. And so it isn't really a big deal because it's not like they're sort of like seeking you out at all points during the day because they're doing their thing and they have their quote-unquote work day and you have your work day you know <laughs> precisely and another thing is like in a lot of cases 
the start to the bad day is that the kid freaks out because you're leaving. But if you never leave or never leave in a way that feels permanent to them and you just pop them in the car with you, like a lot for a lot of people that in that beginning of the day, anxiety session just doesn't happen. And the kids stay calmer and you stay calmer and everything's happily ever after. It sounds like as well. Um, one, one thing I really appreciate about what, what you're describing in this setup is that, you know, it's, it's not like you're trying to put in this program, but still hold some, some standard of like, oh, you can have babies at work as long as nobody can tell that there are babies there. No. <laughs> um, it's yeah. much more realistic and practical of like, no, yeah. like there are, there are babies here and this is like really obvious. Um, so I said, and I said much that- similar to other things maybe where you're like, you know, there, you, you should have a professional demeanor. Like work me is not entirely the same as home non-work me or whatever, but like I feel comfortable being myself at work. Yeah, it's not the same as home me because I have to wear pants. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not that different. Uh, but I, I mentioned that we have like windows in our doors to all the offices. And like, it's not unusual to just see a toddler crawling by or have one come and like knock on your door and you just wave, you laugh, you move on with your day. Uh, it, it actually is a pretty great enhancement uh, for everybody. Again, even for the self-professed people who are like, I'm never having my own kids or I'm not a baby person. Um, they're still awesome little science experiments and yeah. you like watch what buttons people push and see what happens. And it's awesome. <laughs> How many people do you have at your company now? Uh, we are eight. Um, we were 10 every day when we had both nannies here in terms of humans on site. We sometimes have visitors working remotely here who don't work for us, just sort of hanging out like any tech company. Um, yeah. So we're, we're definitely a size at which the workforce is still able to be curated, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, like, do you think that, uh, I mean, space aside, do you feel like at a certain rate, like 20 people or 30 people or 50 people, that that's when it sort of becomes, I don't know, like less able to do something like this? Or do you feel like it could so. scale as long as there's enough space at the office? Uh, just because there's 50 people here we're not all 50 going to be having babies at the same time, right? So <laughs> the volume of babies is not going to go up all that much. And even super large workplaces doing this, and there are a lot of them, um, have had, I don't know, at the most, maybe three, four babies at a time. First of all, you can set a limit, which is just like luck of the draw. If there's already four babies in here, we don't have room. Um, but more importantly, if there's 50 people and one of them doesn't like babies, there's enough space and enough people for them to just not interact with the baby. So it should scale on both fronts. Like even though you might be getting more people in the door who don't care for the program, they now have more uh, anonymity and more ability to just keep to themselves or keep to the 50 people on the other side of the office instead of the side with the babies. Yeah. I guess whenever I've seen like, I feel like when most people imagine like babies at work programs, and this is, I think to the point that like Kwu was making a little bit about the reality of it, like you think of usually a mom, like usually a working mom who's like, you know, at a computer with like a baby in like a bouncer or a carrier or something that's just like sitting next to them or on them or whatever. And like, I don't think that that's like, like that's not the reality. Like your baby will not just like sit there or I don't know maybe some babies will my baby would not just like <laughs> sit there next to me in like uh you know baby Bjorn bouncer chair or whatever for like five hours while I worked but right? it depends on age right at some stage they did and 
when they got to the stage where they were ready to have more space, you took the bouncer away and put it in a pack and play. And when they got to the stage where they were crawling around, you started bringing your childcare provider along. So there are just different accommodations needed along the way. And at home, it's not like you sit and like hold the baby five hours in a row. Same thing here. You get up, you walk around, you talk to people, you go to the bathroom, you change your work position, et cetera. Yeah. It's really interesting hearing how the program has changed as the kids, is the other child also still there or? Uh, No, she's at home now, but unrelated to office things, like related to their own changing arrangements at home. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's interesting, like how, yeah, how, how things have changed and grown, because I remember talking to you a while ago, and you were like, yeah, like, you know, it's right now, like the policy is like until crawling. And I was like, oh, and so, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear that, like, it's still going on and how it's changed and how it's different. And yeah, how does your, uh, and I guess this is, you know, a matter of like, sort of finding a nanny who's like interested, but does your, I wonder if like, your nanny also feels, is it interesting for them as well? Because they're sort of like, they're not at a daycare, but they're also not like at a house. Absolutely. So I think the happiest our nanny has been is like now when we spend some days of the week at home and some days at the office, because just variety is nice. But when you're a nanny, you don't really get colleagues. And the nannies were around here enough that they felt like colleagues. And we included them on like, company field trips and activities and all such things that we could. Um, And so I think it was really nice for them. Like the two nannies became friends with each other. And admittedly, when you sign up to be a nanny, you know that it's going to be somewhat isolating and you're obviously okay with that. But we interviewed knowing that the program was going to happen. And I believe that the other mom did as well. And so like most things, if you're prepared for it ahead of time, it's not going to be a problem and you'll be able to see the good parts of it. I mean, like one of the reasons it was a little more annoying for the other nanny was like their commute was more annoying um, mm-hmm. because like them, the, the mom, the baby, they all take public transit, right? I happen to drive. So it's really not that big a deal. Like the nanny shows up, she hops in the car with us. We go to work, drive home at the end of the day. Um, it took a little bit of adjusting time until we had all the stuff here that we would need. And yes, it does mean having some duplication, like I have a high chair at home and I have a high chair at the office, but now it's just a really nice change of pace. It's a chance to have colleagues to periodically see colleagues when we're downtown at the office, it's different than at home in the suburbs and she can just pop the baby in the stroller and run to target and run her own errands. And it ends up being a really pleasant variety and having a lot of benefits. Now, if you hire a nanny who maybe signed up to be a nanny because they're an extreme introvert and they don't want to be around other people, right? Like obviously things like that can happen that won't be ideal. Um, But if you include it in your search from the get-go, which I did, many people specifically called it out as sounding very interesting and fun to them and like a change of pace from the regular nanny job. I also think that like um, I, I'm wondering about kind of babies at work where the babies are going along with their dads mm-hmm. side of things. And it just occurred to me then that if you had male employees that wanted to uh, participate in the program and that normally they would have other partners are like stay at home parents that are primary yes. caregivers if they can like bring their whole family in like that actually. Yes. 
That's like that the one situation where I like, okay, well, like maybe I would put up with being the primary caregiver. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I, I cannot do it at home all day long. Like <laughs> yeah. I was very appreciative of my very generous <laughs> maternity leave, but like I was itching to yeah, not, not be by myself with a baby all day. I made a note that that was like one of the main things I wanted to make sure I said at some point is mm-hmm. to like think about it from that perspective. Uh, and when we interviewed dads, and talked about the program that was the case for a bunch of them or whatever. We don't interview that many people were small company <laughs> but where they were like, Oh wow. I could like have my wife come to work here and be part of all the moments and not miss out. And also she's not stuck at home feeling isolated and worrying about everything. So that was really, really appealing to people. Um, we haven't had that situation here. None of the dads happened to Nobody has become a new dad while they were here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband works here, so sometimes he has the baby and I don't have the baby. So it's certainly normalized from that perspective. He would go to meetings with uh, Jonas in the carrier or have him in the stroller, rocking back and forth, pairing with him, sitting on the floor next to him. And that was really nice. Uh, we went to conferences and he came on stage with me and uh, participated in like summits and meetings and For most people who don't work with us but see it, it's just like a strange novelty. But very few people are like, that's offensive. Take that tiny human away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot. We, um, I think we're, we're going to have a team gathering uh, in a couple of months, and it happens to be a month where I sort of looked at my calendar, and I, it, I'm going to like be traveling a fair amount that month, and so I've decided that like I'm going to bring her with me to the team gathering, and I haven't figured out exactly what we're going to do during the day. Like, if I'm just going to like have her with me, or like have you know like. Uh, some sort of like childcare provider with her with me or we even figured out I haven't figured out like exactly how it's gonna work but mm-hmm. um what I did figure and I'm I'm also thinking through like with my son right what if if he comes or what that looks like but realistically like I don't want to spend that much time away from the baby like partially yeah. partially because you know she's a baby but also partially because like it affects, it would like affect, affect my supply to like not be, mm-hmm. to have to be like pumping and not nursing for like that amount of time and, you know, and just like pumping sucks. So like anytime <laughs> that you can, anytime that you can not be pumping, it's like worth figuring out how to not be pumping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope that your work environment will be supportive because it should be awesome and not disruptive and really just not that big a deal. Yeah. Uh, It's like most things, like if you're the first, proudly be the first and help normalize it for the second and the third. Uh, That's like one of the things when I run my conferences, um, I have to get up on stage. And in theory, I could just leave the kid with my husband or with somebody else. But it's been so meaningful to a lot of women to see me up there holding a baby. And I can't even count the number of people who send me messages or walk over afterwards, like oftentimes literally with tears in their eyes, like, oh, my God, that was so amazing. I'm going to do that or I want to do that or that makes me feel like it's OK. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten that a lot. Normalization, representation, all these things mm-hmm. really matter. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten yeah. that a fair amount bringing Devin to conferences as well. Just like, oh, this is like a thing that I can do and you know yeah my my friend uh Steph Scardall used to bring her or a couple of times has brought her babies to RailsConf and most people I don't think blink twice like she hung out at our booth a lot so there was just like 
a woman with a baby on the couch and the rest of us were hanging out and that was totally fine. And the next year there was a woman with a baby and it was me. Seems good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with, with this program in place, you know, people's status as parents are just like much more in front of other people and like your coworkers are therefore observing your parenting quite a bit more than they would otherwise, right? Do you feel like it's something to talk about ahead of time in terms of like setting expectations with folks around being careful around judging each other or anything like that, you know, just because like you're seeing so much more parenting as it happens rather than like yeah. in the background or anything like that. Honestly, it wasn't that big of a concern, even though I was mm-hmm. a first time mom. And I, it's probably just because I know the people in my office, right? And mm-hmm. I know that they're all nice people, good people, et cetera. I mean, for me, it was the contrary. Like the people around who had more experience with kids had really useful tips and tricks and brought in Mm -hmm. hand-me-down toys and things like that. I hope that any office environment that is capable of any other type of support and supportiveness, uh, which most are, can just adapt this to be there as well. Now, I probably, if I would have done something that was like clearly horrible parenting. If I would have dropped the kid on the floor, right? And she's like, oops, that happened again. Uh, I, I, would, <laughs> I would hope and I would think, I would assume somebody would actually be like, you know, it's that's that's not great. Or how often does that happen? <laughs> uh, but thankfully, nothing awful like that happened. And uh, yeah, most people aren't doing awful things with their children. And uh, with the exception of particularly sanctimonious annoying people who are like, my way is the best, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And you know what? Those people, if they're not judging your kid, they're judging your outfit, they're judging your work, whatever, whatever, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You'll know who they are. You'll know that they're around. (laughs) Be used to it. Yeah. 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 I wonder if some to some extent too, this is like, you know, that this may vary depending on the spread of ages and just like life stages of people that are, you know, in amongst this office or whatever. Because like, actually, in general, I feel like, much more supported by people who have kids around the same age or, you know, just kind of like more like my current generation. It's really like the grandparent generation (laughs) is a little tougher because like (laughs) they were different when they had kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also they just like have had, you know, like decades for kind of all of the day to day to just kind of get smoothed over in like a golden hazy glow. Um, I would hope. I would hope that those people would instead transform into grandparent. Like I get to play with this kid and then Mm -hmm. not take it home. Like everything's great (laughs) mode. Yeah. Do you ever get like? Don't have any grandparents at our particular office, so (laughs) I can't. I can't speak with authority on that. But again, you hope that if you're around uh, good people, that it would be fine. We did have some people working here who had older children, like nineteen, twenty, and. I didn't have any of those concerns with them. Yeah, it it will vary by person, but so Mm -hmm. far, so good. Have you had to deal with any, like, unsolicited parenting advice? No, I think the biggest gotcha that people have in general, by the way, when they try to be like, this program is a stupid idea, (laughs) is like, uh, well, then can I bring my dog to the office? Um, (laughs) First of all, your dog and my human baby, not the same thing. Uh, if your dog learns to talk, I will even reconsider. But also, <laughs> also, nobody's allergic to my baby. Like, it's literally not a thing. <laughs> so, 
I'm always baffled when I hear that. And especially like, I don't want to offend people who are pet lovers. I have no problems with pets. But when I get the question, it's usually on the defensive or on the offensive, I should say, where they're like, yeah, but my dog. And I'm like, your your dog is cool. I think uh, if you have a dog's program and a baby's program at the same time, yes, you'll possibly have some things to think about and you'll need to draw some more lines so the dogs don't <laughs> eat babies. But other than that, yeah, no, not a problem. And yes, we do not have dogs at our office because allergies exist, including my own. That's actually interesting because like I would imagine that you would get some unsolicited like oh well have you tried you know like have you tried this or (laughs) your baby would stop crying if you just did this Mm -hmm. (laughs) only only of the helpful variety right yeah that's good well Allison that's exactly what I was thinking of though like in terms of like more for my peers people tend to be like oh yeah I bet you've tried a whole bunch of things like in case this one idea didn't come up like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna offer it to you but I totally you know respect that you've probably tried a lot of things already but like my my mother really is always like oh yeah (laughs) if you just do this then like always 100% you will succeed and like that I tried wrong (laughs) incorrect yeah yeah Please go away now. Thank you. (laughs) People hopefully on all fronts are just learning to be more nice. Yeah. More nice. Considerate. Uh, To be better humans and more considerate of how they express themselves and how they give you criticism. And again, like somebody might also come over to you and say, hey, did you think about this with relation to the client or project or whatever? Or they could come over and be like, hey, dumbass, why didn't you do it this way? Uh, and the people who do that way, hopefully you don't work with them. And if you do, hopefully they stop being your colleagues very quickly. Uh, and for everybody else, it's just a matter of them learning how to massage their language to be nicer. And people, thankfully, most people are actively working on that and just get better and better over time. Um, so this is a segment of our show where we share, uh, something in the last week or two that was either a genius, like a really great idea or a really great moment or a fail, which is a parenting move that maybe did not go as well as anticipated. I just thought of one that we started doing these last few days as part of our evening routine. So, you know, we're trying to do a whole thing of modeling cleaning up his room um starting from an early age so I, I think this just means like months and months of us like putting things in bins and then having him take them out again instead <laughs> but, but so like you that, say like months usually, but really it's years years, years yeah. <laughs> I, I i hundreds of evenings in my future <laughs> of doing this possibly thousands we'll say so usually that's happening often on one side and then uh, uh i go over to the bathroom to start running the bath and so we have to transport him from like one location to the other to start the bath. And we we noticed lately that he is like absolutely fascinated with the water coming out of the faucet into the tub. Like that is just the coolest thing around right now. So our current routine is my husband takes him over into his room to start cleaning it up. Um, and then when they're about done, he like calls out to me and then I turn on the faucet to start running the bath. And we leave the gate open and like, because he can hear the sound of the tub filling up, he starts crawling over really, really fast and ends up in the bathroom without us needing to guide or pick him, drag him over there at all. It's, uh, so it's just like faucet as baby magnet uh, is working out really great right now. So at one and a half, that still works. Yeah. <laughs> 
at three, it's also pretty good still. So there's <laughs> some time for that one. Yeah, pl- plumbing is great. Like it's, <laughs> it's a modern miracle. I have a fail. So Layla's daycare is closed this week. It's like their summer vacation week. And what I should have done is just hire a sitter, especially since I work from home. Like, just, like, hire a sitter to come and be here, like, Monday through, you know, Thursday or half of Friday or whatever to just, like, take care of Layla while I was working. And, you know, again, like, I could, like, you know, nurse her and then hand her off or whatever. But instead, what I chose to do was create this insane schedule of, like, hodgepodge childcare that basically involves a massive amount of additional logistics and Layla doing something different in different locations every day of this week. Yeah, it was just dumb. Like, I don't know why, like, yesterday, at the end of the day, I was like, why did I think that this was good? And really, like, the reason why I thought it was fine was because it's very rare. Usually we're just talking about, like, a one-off day here and there, in which case, like, my husband and I both work from home, and we just take turns, you know, like, with the baby or, you know, whatever. Or, you know, with Devin, we've done this with him, too. Like, usually it's just a one-off day, and, like, for a day, it's not a big deal. We can always sort of cover it by myself or, like, with him or we can figure it out. But this was, like, a week, and so I treated, like, this week as a day, but it's not a day. It's a full week, and it's just miserable. And it also includes me working tomorrow, like, a full day uh, with her, which I I know that we, like, just spent this whole time talking about babies at work, but I, like, really don't know how it's going to go tomorrow. I will have to see. Um, and I have to make some choices about, like, meetings and nursing and camera off or camera off, you know, like I, I will have to make some choices about it tomorrow because I'll have her for, for the whole day. But it's just like such a massive fail and the week just feels so exhausting and like such a mess. And I think it's like stressing Layla out and yeah, it's just a, such a fail. I have been there <laughs> just so you know. Uh, not that you aren't special, but you're not special in this way. So don't feel like this is some unique epic failure. My husband is constantly telling me, like, why don't you just hire somebody um, on days where, like, the nanny is out sick or I know she's not going to be around. There are agencies that will do this that will just show up on two hours notice and take care of your kid. And probably from, like, a thrifty perspective, I don't know, I'm always just like, no, I'll do it. But then by the end of the day, I'm like, ah, I didn't get any of my work done. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, yeah. My son was a little bit more flexible with, like, new people and new spaces and that sort of thing. And, like, Layla is just, like, not that, like, consistency is, like, really her jam. Um, And so, like, this sort of, like, different people – it's all people that she sort of is, like, loosely aware of, but nobody that she, like, sees every day or whatever. So I think that she's also, like, stressed out about it and it's, like – bad it was just bad yeah and i'm sure that i'm not the only mom or parent who has made this mistake it feels like it's probably a pretty common one but i'm living it right now (laughs) (laughs) and i have two and a half days left of it (laughs) so yeah i feel like that happens to me too where i just like like i get fixated on a particular 
solution and like all my energy mentally is like like I, I forget to question my underlying assumption whether that like this particular problem needs to be solved in this way because I'm so busy trying to solve it yeah I, I like went into planning mode and I like got it yeah. planned and yeah. figured out and I didn't realize until I was living it that like it was like obnoxiously complicated and why did I do this to myself yeah well two and a half more days yeah <laughs> You'll make it through. <laughs> I feel like I had some fails. They're not coming to mind right now, but I want to do a not genius genius moment, which is my 18 month old finally can walk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yay. Mostly, this is a shout out to all the parents who are where I was a week ago, which is like, my child may never walk. It's just, it's just not going to happen. All the other babies will walk and we'll just, this is life. It's cool. I'm not stressing about it. Because until they do, it's a super big deal. And you try really hard not to um, get into the mm-hmm. super competitive phase. But, like, then you have a friend whose kids started walking at seven months. And <laughs> you're like, your baby's been walking for a year. And my kid's still crawling around. Like, I am awful. My child is behind. <laughs> Everything is terrible. Uh, and uh, so now my kid can walk. So I'm now confident that he can walk in his life. Uh, and if your kid can't walk yet, you'll get there. <laughs> Just give it some time. Nice. I like it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Parent Driven Development Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have questions that you'd like for us to chat about on the air, you can email us at panel at parentdrivendevelopment.com or find us on Twitter at at Parent Driven Development. And if you like what you've heard, please support us on Patreon. We're patreon.com slash parentdrivendev and rate us on iTunes. Thanks, everyone. Bye.